What's up, Long Beach? Thanks for coming on by and for listening to our podcast, LBSU Shark Tales. This is where we share stories and advice from your 2021-2022 SOAR leaders. My name is Melissa. I'm going into my fourth year as a graphic design major, and I am going to be your host for today. However, I am not alone. I am here with two of my other lovely fellow SOAR leaders who are going to introduce themselves. I'm Nicole, and I'm going into my senior year as an ASLD interpreting major. Hello, everyone. My name is Elizabeth, you guys. I'm Liz, and then I'm a third year in healthcare administration. Awesome. All right. And we want to welcome all of you to our very first podcast episode. Woo! Today, we're going to be talking about what SOAR is, what we do, why we made this podcast, and Later on, we're going to talk about our college experiences and our journey as SOAR leaders. So with that, we're just going to go ahead and jump right in to our first topic of conversation. So Melissa, what is SOAR? What, what are we doing here? Why, why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> that is a very good question, Nicole. So for those of you who didn't know, SOAR stands for Student Orientation, Advising, and Registration. But to put it plainly, we are the orientation program on campus. So we spend the majority of the year planning for our summer and winter orientation sessions. We create all of the presentations that you see during your SOAR day. We train our SOAR leaders uh, to make sure that you have an awesome SOAR day. And we also host various other programs, um, not only throughout the summer, but throughout the academic year as well. So we have other programs like our parent family orientation. Um, we have our first year beach connections program for our first year students. We host social hours during the summer and during the semester and so much more. SOAR does a lot for us and for our campus. So we highly encourage you to get involved. We need all the help we can get. Speaking of doing so many things in involved with SOAR, why are we doing a podcast? That is also a very great question, Liz. If we're an orientation program, why why do we need a podcast, right? Why, why are we doing this? So um, prior to the pandemic, SOAR uh, obviously was in person and you would come to your orientation day, you'd enroll in your classes, you'd go home and then you would never see us again. You'd never hear from us, you'd never see a SOAR leader again, um, unless you were lucky enough to have them in one of your classes. And so because of that, um, we wanted to change that dynamic. We wanted to continue to stay involved um, with our campus community and to stay in touch with the students that we meet on orientation day. And all of that changed for us last year when we had our first virtual orientation um, workshops. And so what we did is that we created more opportunities for students to continue to come back and to talk to SOAR leaders, ask any questions that they may have. And ultimately we just wanted to find more ways to stay connected with our students. And so that's what this podcast is here for, to continue to not only um, be connected with each other as the SOAR leaders, but to continue to connect to our campus community. And so speaking of staying connected, where can you find us? Um, so if you're going to be on campus this semester, if you're gonna have classes, or you just want to visit campus for a tour or something like that, we are located in Brotman Hall, Office 270. That's the second floor. That's where you can find our office. So if you ever have any questions for us about joining SOAR, stop by our office and ask us. You can also find us on Instagram. You can follow us at LBSOAR, and we highly recommend that you do so because we are always posting about different events that are happening on campus, what's going on with SOAR, where we post different tips. But yeah, so that's about 
everything that SOAR is, that's what we do, and why we are here today. So we're just going to keep on swimming along into our next topic. Alrighty, so now we're going to jump in into our topic of conversation here. So our theme for this podcast, we wanted this podcast to be about our first year experiences and this new beginnings. Nicole and Liz, this is their very first year as SOAR leaders. And we also wanted to talk about our first year experiences on campus since a lot of our listeners are going to be first year students. I'm just going to go and hop in here and ask Liz. What was your first year experience like? Do you remember it? Did you like it? How are you feeling? Let us know. So I came onto campus in fall of 2019. So I did have a experience on campus. Okay, awesome. It was during the spring of my first year where everything went online. So I was able to experience at least the first, a full first semester on campus. To be honest, first year, first semester, it was a bit of a blur because of the pandemic that's been going on for like the past year. What I do remember from on campus was it was so much stuff that was new to me. I was a bit overwhelmed, but I was still excited, a bit nervous because I still wanted to like do everything I wanted to do. I wanted to get involved. I wanted to join stuff. I wanted to try all the food there. You know, it was a good experience, but I was a bit nervous since, well, I'm sure a lot of freshmen or a lot of first years would feel nervous about the first day of school. It was a mixed jumble of emotions. I'm surprised I didn't throw up. <laughs> and yeah, I totally relate to the not throwing up part. The first days of school, I remember I was so freaked out to go to my first class. Like I I begged my friends to take me to my first class because I was so nervous. <laughs> I could not go by myself. I, I dragged them to my first class with me. Not inside, but I... I Force them to walk me to my first class because I was so nervous. But what was something that you were excited for coming to Long Beach? Well, one thing for sure that I was excited about is the size of the campus and like the lifestyle of the community that was involved there. Because I knew from looking at like the campus maps, it was a huge campus. And then someone told me it was the size of three Disneyland. So I was like, whoa, this is a huge campus. I really enjoyed like the little community that we have, all the convenience stores. Yeah, just the, the union, the USU, where I was just chill there, you know, do some work or play games there, that kind of stuff. So it was more just like a community getting out of what I'm used to because high school is more like you go there, you learn, do homework, come back. Here you can like do so yeah. much stuff other than that. And that's what I really liked about it, especially as someone who, someone who's like very isolated in high school. Well, I was really shy back then, but yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I'm curious from, I don't know if you want to let um, people know from where you're from, but was Long Beach a popular school at your high school? Or um, did a lot of kids want to come to Long Beach or did not really, or did people not know about it? What, what was it like? So I went to a public high school. Everyone was more into UCI, into the UCs. Mm -hmm. I didn't, haven't even heard the mention of Long Beach until I was a college advisor came and told us about all the different colleges there were. Other than that, that was mostly the only time I knew about Long Cal State Long Beach, especially because I was involved in like a college program there. But between the students, it was more UCI, UCLA, UC Berkeley. That's what they thought was the most, the best options to go to. 
Okay, I feel that. Yeah, my high school is pretty, it's pretty similar. Um, a lot of us, everyone knew of Long Beach, and they would always say Long Beach was kind of like my, it's like high school 2.0, because everyone went to Long Beach, and it wasn't really like this, um, like big accomplishment to get into Long Beach, because it was like, everyone got in. It was scarier if you didn't get into Long Beach. You know you did something wrong if you didn't get into Long Beach. That's mm-hmm. how I was at my high school, um, or at least that's how I felt it was at my high school. And I remember, um, I guess just for context, uh, I came to Long Beach fall of 2018 as a freshman. And I remember telling myself in high school that Long Beach was my last resort, that I would not go to Long Beach, that that was my last school, like no other options. And then stuff happened senior year where Long Beach ended up being my only option. And so I I guess kind of like got stuck going to Long Beach. Um, but we're all good now. It's fine. I love it here. <laughs> we're all good. So now I'm curious to hear, Nicole, what was your experience like coming to Long Beach? Because you came in as a transfer, correct? Yes. So I came in as a transfer. Um, kind of like you, I had a last resort CSU which everyone got into. If you didn't get in, there was something wrong. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is I love that. Mostly you're like, it's my last resort if I'm stuck with it, <laughs> if I have to go there. Long Beach was my dream school. And I didn't get in when I first applied. But I ended up at another CSU getting a major that I, now I look back, I don't know why I decided to do that. But I picked a major in business. So by the second quarter, I realized, I was like, this is not fun. I really don't want this. What do I do? So I just decided to kind of take a bunch of GEs and just kind of give that time for me to explore. Life happened, and I actually had to drop out right after that quarter from college. And so I'm actually not only a transfer student, I'm also a re-entry student. I went to one community college and then took some classes there because it was close to my job. Found out they didn't have the major I finally decided on, which was ASL, American Sign Language, for people who don't know what ASL. I've been saying ASL, and I'm like, I didn't tell anybody what ASL meant. It's American (laughs) Sign Language. And they didn't have a major for American Sign Language there. They didn't even have a minor or anything like that. So I had to find another community college. And I went there, and I decided if I'm going, it's taken me this long to get to this point in my life. If I was going to do it, I was going to hit the books hard. I was going to hit the ground running and try everything to you know, to go for it. And I was like, you know what? If you're going to, if this is your one try and you're going to do everything, shoot for Long Beach. Let's see what happens. You know, if you don't get in, eh, well, I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> Luckily, I got in clearly, but also I, I guess I willed it and I manifested it because Long Beach was the only school I applied to after I transferred. Oh, wow. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I, I put all my cards into Long Beach, literally and figuratively. <laughs> oh, wow, that's so crazy. So I transferred in um, spring 2020, super happy, super excited, hit my dream school, got the major I love, ready to go, ready to get interact into the campus community, be involved, and then COVID hits. <laughs> <laughs> the unexpected. And then I had to relearn, I guess, like everyone else had to transition into this online format, feeling disconnected and going through everything we did. And But as a student, I was just, I still try, I was still motivated. And I kept telling myself, you know, it was getting harder in every day because I'm pretty sure a lot of people felt that way. For sure. Um, I only got like 
five and a half weeks, six weeks at most on campus. I just barely figured out where my favorite lunch spot was. I figured out where my classes were finally located. I just figured out what my favorite bathroom was and then everything shut down. And that, yes, that's true. You do have a favorite bathroom. Do not lie to yourself. <laughs> Nicole, let them fill them in on the best bathroom. No, I'm not campus. gonna tell you my secret bathroom because I never want to go to my secret bathroom. <laughs> but, on, like live too. Oh yeah, maybe I'll do an IG live and be like, okay, since you stayed this long, I'll show you where my favorite bathroom is. Yeah. <laughs> It was such a weird experience because for me, I went to a CSU campus for my freshman year. And honestly, these the two campuses are so different. I just felt like, oh, kind of like a number at the other one. But at least, you know, even though we're on camp, well, not on campus, on Zoom for Long Beach, it just, I still feel like the community is just so much better. So, yes, Long Beach. Sorry, Long Beach is the best CSU. You can't you can't tell us otherwise. Um, But you have a very different path than most students take, right? Usually, most students they're in high school, they go either to community college and then straight to a four year, or some go from high school straight to a four year, right? And so they don't really take a lot of breaks. And so, how did you stay motivated? Like, how did what made you want to even continue education, being away from school for that long? Honestly, for the first, I think, four and a half years, it was like, oh, I don't need school. What is, why do I have to struggle through all this and pay all this money and do all, Mm -hmm. no, I don't need this. It wasn't even more of like, I need to go back to school. I kind of, there was something kind of, you know, bugging me, I guess, in the back of my head, kind of like, you kind of want to go back to school. I kind of want to do this. I kind of want to do that. From that point, it was like, okay, you want to go back to school, but what do you want to do there? So it took a little longer for me to figure that out. And I don't know why it took me so long to figure it out. It was kind of right in front of my face that it would be probably some kind of language-esque like major or mm-hmm. program. But it took me like that long to literally find it. <laughs> I just, I don't know why. <laughs> I guess it was the monotony in it and kind of the repetitive, just get up, go to work kind of thing and not being able to kind of further myself and improve myself. So I guess I had a deep desire that was like super buried and kind of small and it kind of just blew up yeah. in a way. Yeah. Interesting. And and for you, Liz, how did you know that you wanted to come straight to to a four-year? Like why not community college or why not take a break? I mean, as someone who comes from a Hispanic household, specifically a Mexican household, my family has always taught me or has always about the fact that oh once you finish high school you go straight to university that's how you become successful faster all that kinds of stuff and now looking back I realized like I could have taken a break I could have like taken a break or I could have gone to community college first save a lot of money on tuition and then going to a four year straight away plus it was such a big difference from high such a big transition from my high school to like a university for my first year, I was a bit stressed on like my assignments and my classes, that kind of stuff, because I'm not used to it. Whereas community college would have been like a slower transition. But yeah, I did I did want to go to university because I my family did teach me that. Um, or at least I have it in my head that, oh, I can do it, I'll be fine, I got this, that kind of mentality where my education is priority. 
Yeah, I definitely relate to you a lot on that, Liz. I also come from from a Latinx household, and there's not a time that I don't remember where I thought I wasn't going to go to college. My whole life, I just knew that was the next step. Like that's just what happened after high school. You go to college, and so that's that's what I did. You know, that was my next step. There was no other option for me. Not that there wasn't, but that was just what you did. Is high school, you go to college, and so. That was kind of ingrained in me from the very, very beginning. As I went on, you know, when we're all little, we all, we all want to go to like the top university of, of the nation. And then you realize, oh, I have to like actually like be like really smart and work really hard and like do really good on these tests. And then it's like, oh, okay. So maybe, maybe if I pick a lower school, like that'll be better. And it just, <laughs> it just slowly... <laughs> my my choice of school would change as going down and down and down for me <laughs> and that's one thing that people don't realize or like maybe they did at one point but they didn't they stopped talking about is that the CSUs and the UCs are two completely different systems for a reason mm. the UCs are much more geared towards research the CSUs are much more made for people who want to they call it like the workforce, but like also be like practical, the actual like career wise, like, you know, going to work and not creating the research. Yeah. And I, I like that you bring that up, Nicole, because all of high school, I told myself that I wanted to go to UC, that that was like the goal, just like to go to UC. And then when I decided that I, I decided my senior year that I wanted to pursue art and I wanted specifically to pursue graphic design it no longer made sense to go to a UC because UCs are research-based. And they call, they, another one thing that I've heard about uh, CSUs is that they're a more hands-on type of institution. And so mm -hmm, it no longer exactly. made sense to go to a UC. And so my senior year, I was like, that's not really the types of schools that I want to go to anymore. Um, and that was kind of hard to to accept that because all of high school, you want to go to a UC and then the people around you are going to UCs and UCs are like held at this certain level. And so you you want to be amongst those people, but you just have to like take a moment to realize what you need and what is going to benefit you, right? And that's why I think in the end, I was okay with coming to Long Beach because I knew that a UC would not would not serve me the same as as I would coming to Long Beach. Yeah, and exactly. And the thing is, is also even in their separate own systems, there are not good UCs and bad UCs. There are not mm -hmm. good CSUs and bad CSUs in a sense. Each one has their own unique characteristic, if you want to call it that. Some are have really good art programs, some have great business programs, some have really great science programs, some of them are very known for their athletics, their kinesiology. So there's no bad school, it's just what fits you best, what interests you, and which one fits your goals as a human. Mm -hmm. everyone so now that we talked a little bit about our first year experiences on campus now we're going to transition and talk about our experiences as SOAR leaders so we're going to get into how we decided to become a SOAR leader and what our experiences have been like so far since I have had a very different experience from both Nicole and Liz so we're just gonna jump right into that and I'm gonna ask Liz 
how did you decide to become a SOAR leader or when did you decide why why did you want to be here on our team with us? So it first started, I think, at my own orientation. I decided to go like very early and the experience there was great. I love the experience that I had there, making connection with other students as well as the other SOAR leaders. And I saw how each SOAR leader would carry themselves and I was like, I want to be like them. I want to do what they do. It's, it looks so much fun. I want to interact with like new students. That's probably why I decided I wanted to be a SOAR leader. So in the spring that year, I went and applied as a SOAR leader. I went through the group interview. I went through the experiential. Unfortunately, I didn't get the job at the time because of COVID and the pandemic and everything closing down. Instead, the summer after, I was invited to join the First Year Beach Connections as a beach guide. And then finally, this year, I was invited to to be part of the SOAR team again, or not again, but like as a SOAR leader this time instead of a beach guide. So yeah, that's how I got to be here. Oh, that's awesome. And how have you, since you're doing virtual orientation, um, you haven't had um, experience at an in-person workshop. How how has the virtual orientation experience been like for you as a SOAR leader? Of course, it's not going to be 100% the same since being on campus and being online is completely different. But overall, I really like how we're setting things up this time virtually as we have different breakout rooms so we can we're able to interact with each student more in a smaller group, which is mm-hmm. similar to what we did on campus at my orientation, where we split up into groups and then we would switch activities, tours, um, presentations, that kind of stuff. So I think overall, content wise, it's really great. Me personally, I still miss school. I miss looking at the scenery. I miss the tours that we, that we had. Hopefully soon we'll come back. Yeah, hopefully by next summer, we are back in person, having in-person orientations. Um, So with that, I'm going to jump over to Nicole and see how similar or different your experience has been to to Liz. So it's kind of similar because I think Liz and I applied to be SOAR leaders at the same time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. But for me, I came in as a transfer, as I said before. So I ended up having a spring slash winter orientation. Mm-hmm. And I guess I got the most recent last <laughs> in-person orientation. I was, I loved it for me because, you know, as I said, Long Beach was my dream school. It started hitting me as I went through orientation. I'm like, you're actually going to be a student here. You finally did it. And besides that, you know, moment of like, kind of like childhood glee, I realized I was looking around I'm like, wow, these SOAR leaders are pretty cool. Everyone had each other's back. The group was so supportive. Everyone was so nice. Everyone was on top of it. Everyone was just, you know, so motivated. And I was like, that's right, Nicole. Tell us how amazing <laughs> we are. Keep talking. <laughs> For the record, Melissa was a SOAR leader at my orientation. So she's, so yes, Melissa, you and the previous SOAR team were awesome. (laughs) You were just so friendly. And I feel like when people say, oh yeah, you're the first face when you're a SOAR leader and you want to put your best foot forward and everything. And I feel like it wasn't, it's not hard Mm -hmm. for SOAR leaders. It's not hard because we're just naturally very like friendly, open, and we, we want to help. And that's kind of something you do need to become a SOAR leader. Yeah, And thinking about it, I was like, you know what, I should try to become a SOAR leader. Why not? I figured, you know, my experiences from transferring three times, I think four, depends on how you count, um, (laughs) going into a new school so many times, 
it's not an easy thing to do at all. So, you know, having the in-person and having that group of people and being like, yeah, this is awesome. And then, you know, applying to become a SOAR leader and then getting offered the position, I actually had to wait for this position for basically a year. And then transitioning now into virtual SOAR orientation, it's different, but also kind of not the same, but kind of a good thing especially because we've adapted. I feel like it's taught us not only to how to adapt as like individuals, but like shown that every single SOAR orientation every year is going to change because the people change. Not only SOAR leaders, not only the staff, but the students change. Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely transitioning from in-person to virtual orientation uh, wasn't wasn't an easy process. And uh, although I wasn't in the room with our upper staff creating our virtual orientation, I know that it was it was difficult and it wasn't easy for, for our staff to, to come up with a, a virtual orientation, especially with such short notice, right? So our first summer being virtual, which was last summer, summer of 2020, we, we had a few hiccups, you know, we weren't as prepared as we were this year. But I feel like this year we've come back a lot stronger um, because we've learned a lot from the past year, from everyone being on Zoom to having had virtual orientations last year. So we were definitely a lot stronger this year. And um, having a new group of student leaders every year changes the dynamic of, of our team and of how we, in, in a sense, how we carry ourselves as a SOAR team. I know for myself, I've been a part of various teams throughout my academic life, you know, in high school, through college, every time you get a new team, you're like, there's no way this one's going to be better than the last one. I felt that with SOAR, right? Having this, this being my third summer with SOAR, every summer it's like, there's, there's no way this new team is going to be better than the last, but every new team has been better than the last. And, and I think that's what makes this like growth process for us a lot more worthwhile and a lot more um, exciting for us to get new students and to get new perspectives and new ideas and things like that. I wanted to just touch a little bit on on my experience as a SOAR leader. So I had a very similar experience to Nicole and Liz. I was also inspired on my orientation day to become a SOAR leader. And, and I think Nicole touched upon this, uh, how your orientation day really does determine how you're going to perceive your school and how you're going to navigate your way through your your first semester, even your first year um, at college, because I remember my SOAR leaders and I remember being inspired by them and by by the SOAR team in general. Um, and I already told all of you earlier that I didn't want to come to Long Beach. <laughs> I didn't want to be here. I didn't want to be at orientation. This wasn't the school I wanted to go to. Um, but my orientation day was the day that completely flipped everything for me. And at the end of uh, my SOAR day, I was completely in love with Long Beach. I could not wait to uh, get started in the fall. And I was just so excited. And the moment I saw the signs on campus go up about applying to be a SOAR leader, I immediately filled out everything I needed to and uh, and applied. I applied the fall of 2019 and the summer of 2019 was my first summer as a SOAR leader. And that was actually our last in-person summer orientation. So it was super fun having in-person orientations and I can't wait to go back in person, having those campus tours, having that one-on-one -on -one interaction with students, helping them enroll in classes. And that was always super fun. 
and then getting to see at the end of the day how many steps you had that day so we can all compare to see who who had the most steps we're all getting around 10,000 steps by the end of the day because you're either walking or you're standing all day long it's a workout to, <laughs> to be working in person orientation it's a free workout well technically you're getting paid so it's a free paid workout <laughs> yes that's right we we're gonna have legs of steel um, the you next time to. we're in person. <laughs> yeah, you have to with this campus. You know how many stairs are in this campus? Ooh, if anyone hasn't been on campus, yeah. so many stairs and Lots hills and one escalator. Yeah, and and when we're in person, we're actually told not to use escalators because it's a hazard, apparently. So we're not allowed to use ex- escalators. Wait, as sword leaders, we're not allowed to use escalators? Now, I need to know this. What? (laughs) No, like if we're going on campus tours or if we're taking students from one place to another, we're we're not allowed to take the group onto the escalator for safety reasons. And so we all have to take the stairs. That makes sense because a mass amount of people on escalators can go bad versus if it's the individual person stepping up the stairs yeah that makes sense no yeah when when we're with groups of students yeah apparently we've had incidents in the past and so just so all of you are alive by the end of your sore day we we don't use the escalators not that the escalator is a death trap it's just a regular escalator (laughs) (laughs) yes lots of things can happen so yeah i mean i'm i'm excited to get back on campus um it was a lot of fun and just being able, just the community as well of SOAR leaders and just being able to see you and just acknowledge your existence. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's different being in person and being virtual. So I'm excited nonetheless. And uh, with that, I guess we should get into a little bit about the process of becoming a SOAR leader in case anyone listening to this is interested. So definitely keep your eyes out for our next round of hiring for our store leaders. So usually what happens is uh, you have to go to an informational session. And these sessions, they used to be held at the very end of our fall semester and the very beginning of our spring semester. I'm not sure if that's how they're still going to, if they're still going to do that uh, this academic year, but that's, that's how it used to be. The very end of our fall semester and the very beginning of our spring semester. And so you would have to go to this informational session in order to be given access to the application. And so at this informational session, you would be told everything that comes with being a SOAR leader, the expectations of being part of SOAR, uh, what the work hours would look like, what we expect from our SOAR leaders, everything that you need to know. And once you attend that session, you would be given access to the application, like I said, and then you would fill out the application. And once that was submitted, you would be invited to experiential. So we've been talking about experiential a little bit in this podcast. And so what that is, it's like a really big group interview. So all of our applicants uh, come together on a specific day and we group you all into small groups and we have you all engage in different group activities. And so what this experiential is for is for us to see how you interact with others and how you work with others, how you are as a leader and things like that. So it's super fun. We're playing a lot of games with each other. And in that process, we're also observing how you interact with other people. 
And then at that experiential, you would sign up for a group interview. So usually two or three students in an interview. And then you would go to your interview and it'd be like any other normal interview. You would also present your creative piece at this interview. At least that's how it was for the three of us. We all presented a creative piece. The creative piece was supposed to show kind of who you are and an inside sneak peek to who you are as a person. And then after your interview, you would be offered a position as a SOAR leader, as a student assistant, but you could be waitlisted in case some of our other SOAR leaders were to deny the position. We would pull from our waitlist to offer the SOAR leader position. And then, of course, you could be denied. But that's kind of the process. It's a pretty lengthy process. Um, It it takes a bit of a while. Um, But I, I mean, it makes sense, right? Because we don't We don't just want anyone coming onto our team. We want people who are going to be dedicated and are going to stick with our team through thick and thin. And so um, I think it makes sense to have a a, a lengthier process, Um, but I understand that it can be, it can be a bit much, (laughs) but we highly encourage you all to, to apply if, if this sounds something that you're interested in, if you want to go into education, if you're just looking for a summer, a fun summer job. I mean, SOARS is definitely one of the few jobs I would recommend. Also, I feel like you get a chance to see students from all walks of life. Freshmen coming out of high school, um, maybe they went to public, maybe went to private, maybe they were homeschooled, or an international student, an exchange student, transfers from community who are coming back, who are re-entry, maybe their moms and dads. There's everyone you kind of get this chance to not only network but also learn in the process not everyone is the same so you have to be kind of very open-minded you have to be very accepting and understanding and non-judgmental for sure it's just a really great way to kind of give you this like mini sneak peek into like the re- what everyone likes to call in quotations the real world where you don't know mm-hmm. who you're going to run into so it's kind of fun Yeah, I think that's such a great part of this job is that you get to interact with all different kinds of people and you really don't know who you're going to meet every day. We see about 10,000 students every summer and which is which is kind of crazy, right? We see about maybe two to 300 students a day during a workshop and then 10,000 students overall in the summer. Fun as it is, being a store leader is also difficult it's not it's not an easy job to have it especially being virtual it's tiring you know that that zoom fatigue that that we've I'm sure we've all experienced it can be a pretty pretty hefty job to have it it kind of reminds me of this line that I read in a book it said being a leader is a thankless occupation that line reminded me of SOAR because it's not every day where people are going to say thank you you can't expect people to, to thank you for what you do or for what you've done. That's kind of, that's kind of hard being a SOAR leader, knowing how much you do every day, but not being thanked for everything that you give to students, to the program and things like that. And I think that's such an important thing to understand coming into SOAR, that this is a thankless occupation. And I think for those of us who keep coming back every year, you know, myself included, this being my third year, it's those small moments where that one student reaches out to you and says, I was freaking out about not having my classes. 
thank you so much for helping me. It's that one student who, who identifies with you and who says, you know, I want to be like them. Or it's that one student that, that goes out of their way and messages you and says, you were so awesome today. Thank you. I learned so much. And so it's those little moments that keep you coming back every day because it's not about impacting all 300 students that you have in a day. It's who's that one student that you can help today. And every day it's a new student. Every day it's like, okay, who can I help today? And next week, who can I help? Who can I help this week? Who can I impact for today? And, and I think that's the beauty of SOAR is that you are impacting lives and that you are um, helping students even though it doesn't feel like it every day. Every day is a new day, literally, but also because the students you see, it's their first day. Like kind of reminds you, you can start fresh with something or you can start something new whenever you can look forward to even the same day, the days that are quote the same, but there's always something new that can possibly happen. Mm-hmm. Very optimistic, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's like how we've been saying that basically we're the face, we're the, the that face that that, first, that new freshman or that transfer sees for their first day. So it's very important that we make this an enjoyable experience for them the same way that the Passover leaders made it an enjoyable experience experience for us. Well said, everyone. So join SOAR, come be a part of our team. We'd love to have you. podcast with each of us we're going to go around and we're just going to share a piece of advice to all of our new students just things we either we wish we knew when we were in your position or just some advice for our students who are coming back onto campus or who are starting their first year with us so the first advice for me would be to take advantage of the resources that are offered on campus as i did not my first year and was struggling heavily Take advantage, take advantage of the learning center, the writing center, take advantage of all these resources that we have, but also take advantage of the fun stuff that we have on campus. For example, utilize the fun floor, utilize the game center, basic, so you can like relax, have like, take a breather, you know, so you're not overwhelmed by all the stress that comes with school, finals, midterms, that kind of stuff. Definitely utilize the resources, a big number one. I feel like Long Beach has so many and we try to cover as much as we can during SOAR, but there's no way. It's literally impossible. We would be there for days if we did. I always say to do and what I took to heart myself when I first transferred here was to take the time to explore either A, use the internet or B, walk around the campus or both. And don't be afraid to be curious, figure out, oh, what does this building do? What happens here? Like take the time to figure it out and explore and don't be afraid to ask questions. That's something that stopped me personally when I first got here. I was really, really apprehensive and shy. Surprising, right? Because I'm a sword leader, but um, it's it, it was kind of debilitating at one point for me. I could not ask questions. I was so afraid to ask questions, but I thought about it and I was like, why are you stopping yourself? And then I remember there was this phrase that I learned in middle school. It was from like a teacher and they were probably, you know, kind of making it funnier because they were talking to middle school kids, but he was like, go throw up on everybody. Now, of course, do not actually throw up on people. That's gross. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let's not do that Um, for multiple reasons. (laughs) Um, But 
what he tried to say was literally don't be afraid to make that first step to take the leap of faith and go and ask the question. And even if you don't find the answer you're looking for, or they don't have an answer that's not, I don't know, or I'm not sure, they can totally, someone here will point you in the right direction and give you, maybe that person is like, yes, I've heard of it. I'm not the proper person to talk about it. But if you go to XYZ, they will be able to do it for you. They'll be able to help you with this. And it sometimes does take time. And Another thing is you do need patience and invest the time that you have because yeah, you might be here for, you might be here six years. Definitely take the time. For me, the one thing that I was like, I don't really know if I want to do it was doing scholarship. The scholarships that are offered on campus through Beach Scholarship are real. They are not fake. They don't just post them up there to make it look like they just send money out. I've won a handful myself personally. So definitely take the time, even though certain processes and applications, whether it be for resource centers around campus or to apply to be a SOAR leader or to apply for a scholarship or anything like that, definitely take the time, even though you feel like it's not worth it. It's totally worth it. No, yeah, for sure. That's that's awesome advice from the both of you. I mean, uh, it's okay to not know things and, and it's okay to ask for help and um, you know, it's better to to get off of that high horse and and to do what needs to get get done than than to sit there and 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 not know what to do and be there sitting in that in that stress and that anxiety because you you don't want to ask for that help. And so, so it's your reminder to it's okay to not know what you're doing and it's okay to ask for help and to ask for guidance. There's nothing wrong with that. For me, something something I wish that I had learned earlier in my college life was to understand that school isn't the most important aspect of my life, that there are other things that are just as important as my schooling. And, and that's what I, I want to urge all of you to think about. I had this moment this past spring semester where I was eating dinner and i I caught myself feeling guilty for eating dinner because I wasn't doing my homework. Like, why, like, why am I eating dinner when I could be working on my project? Why am I sleeping when I could stay up an hour later and be working on on this homework assignment? And I had to stop myself and say, no, like eating is just as important as school. Spending time with my family with my friends is just as important, if not more important for me than school. Sleeping is more important for me than school. And so that's something I wish that I had taught myself earlier and told myself earlier in my my college career, because I think I would have had a much better experience instead of being worried about grades or, or passing the class with this particular grade. And so I, I just urge you to all to really think about your relationship with school and and to remind yourself that that you are more important than than school you know school is always going to be there you don't have to finish in four years you don't have to finish in five years you don't have to finish in three just take the time to really take care of yourself and i think that will make your college experience more worthwhile Alrighty, that about wraps up the end of our very first podcast. Thank you so much to all of our fellow sharks for swimming on by. We hope that you enjoyed listening to our tales and that it can help you in whatever the future has in store for you. 
please make sure to follow us on our social media platforms listed in the description for more from your SOAR leaders and other awesome SOAR programming. Have a fantastic day. And until next time, see you later. See what I did there? See? As in the ocean? Okay, too many puns? Alrighty. Until next time, adios.